This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. A recent report into literacy in South Africa shows that basic literacy among children in this country has declined, with most children leaving grade 1 without knowing the alphabet, while 82% of grade 4 children cannot read for meaning. Yet there's still no national reading plan, no proper budget, no accurate reporting, and no progress on implementing vital interventions. To understand what this actually means, I'm really delighted to have Jenny Katz, Research and Development Manager at the Multino Institute for Language and Literacy, as my guest now. Jenny, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Cherise. Jenny, let's start off by talking about what your institute, the Multino Institute, does. Well, Maltino is almost 50 years old next year. Um, we've been around since 1974. We began with flagship programs called Breakthrough to Literacy and Bridge to English. Um, interestingly, the project began at Rhodes University, um, funded by the Maltino brothers, and hence that's where the name comes, comes from. So the first research was done into why African language speaking children were not succeeding in learning English. So, in fact, the intention was to start as English first additional language. However, when they went in and did the investigation, they found that the, the fundamental issue was that children were not literate in their mother tongue. And hence, they did a 180 and decided, right, we need to first start with literacy in the home language, and then we transfer those skills to English. So, Breakthrough to Literacy is a home language program. And then you move on to Bridge to English, which becomes English First Additional Language. Those two programs were what Maltino mainly did until um, the new millennium. And then the new curricula came out, so we had to relook at our materials. And we also needed to try and make them a bit more economical to produce. Um, and that's when I came in, in about 2010, where we received funding to develop um, I would say the first authentic African language graded reading program, which we called Vula Bula. Having worked in African languages since 2004, it's quite a challenge naming a program because it needs to resonate across all the nine African languages. And Vula actually means open in all the African languages in the Nguni side. And Bula means open in the Sutu language side. Um, so the name would resonate with just about every home language speaker in South Africa. And that's how it was born. So I think here's a good point to mention that you have a master's degree in Nguni language, uh, linguistics from Rhodes University. How did you get interested in that, Jenny? Um, I was always working in English first additional language. Um, I spent over a decade at Reed Educational Trust developing resources and doing training. Um, and then almost by accident, uh, we received a fun funding from uh, the Xenix Foundation to, they call it versioning, but it's like translating our English materials into Isikosa. And I just happened to be free at the time. <laughs> it was, I just fell into it by accident. And it was in comparing English and comparing the African languages that I was working in that I became really interested um, in looking at the at what happens when you translate from a language like English to an African language. And I remember the first thing I saw was we were, we were doing a storybook where children were learning about colors in English. And on each page, they were painting with a different color. And it said, I use red, I use blue, I use green, I use yellow. Three words on each page, very simple. And then at the end, they paint the South African flag. And then I looked at my translation into Isi Zulu for the page that said, I use blue. 
And in Isi Zulu, it came out as Ngipenda, Ngombala, Oluklaza, Njengesi Baka Baka. Now you can even hear, even if you can't see it, that is a much longer <laughs> sentence. And I thought, hang on, this isn't fair. How can English grade one children be expected to just read that very simple, you know, short text? But when you translate it into the mother tongue, this is the text that comes out. And is this fair? Surely grade one children can't cope with this. And that's what started me getting interested. And when I went to Maltino in 2010 and we started working on developing an authentic um, phonics-based graded reading program, there was... Uh, uh, there were openings for new research into African language literacy at Rhodes. And I thought, no, this is a fantastic combination where I'm combining the practicality of my work with academia. So it, it was a very good fit. Oh, it, it must be quite rewarding to work and do the job that you do. You spoke about the Maltina Foundation opening in the 70s and the, the children not being able to be literate in their own home languages, let alone another one. I remember the debate in the 90, post-1994 where everything was so new and exciting and the potential was out there and everybody was grappling for new ideas and new thoughts. The decision to teach in English and not mother tongue, was that a good decision at the time? Definitely not. I think we actually adopted outcomes-based education from the Canadian system, which works fantastically in well-researched schools with small classes it was the absolute wrong fit for our context. They have tried to improve the situation with the, the curricula that came thereafter, um, with our latest one being the CAPS, um, which also needs to be reviewed, and I think that there is discussion now underway for that. It's not that English is used in the classroom. The home language is very much the language of learning and teaching in the, almost all our schools from grade one to grade three. The thing is that they change the, the LALT, as it's called, to English in grade four. And our opinion is, if you look at our language and education policy, they say that home language should continue at least until the end of grade six because the children don't get a deep enough foundation in literacy in their home language, and yet they're forced to then switch to the second, the first additional language, as we call it, in grade four, but they've only had three years of exposure to that. So I kind of feel that it's the the... You know, it's everything. Although odds are completely stacked against them because they they come in with not enough knowledge of of both languages. And I'm an absolute firm believer that the the more knowledge you have in your home language, the easier it is to transfer to to the next additional language. When you talk about um, schools teaching in the lo uh, home language, are these schools? Which schools are these? Okay, so Gauteng is different because okay. Gauteng is a complete melting pot, yeah. and you can you can honestly. I've, I went to Orange Grove Primary once, and I think I counted eighteen different home languages in one classroom. Wow. So English has to be the default. But we work nationally all over the country, and obviously provincially, we're able to target. You know, schools do just offer home language. So in um, the Western Cape, it's predominantly Sikos Afrikaans in okay. English, and then KwaZulu would be Sizulu. So we do target regionally the the, the languages of the okay, province. So no, because my obviously frame of reference is kind of Karting. the Orange Grove schools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, what would this explain? What you've just described? Why our literacy is so low? Definitely not. Um, I think there, there are three main issues at stake. I think our teachers are not trained as reading teachers, and that is a huge problem because for me the, the teacher is fundamental to everything. So that's pro the, my, the first thing. 
The second thing is the resources that children use. Only 2% of the books published in South Africa are in African languages, where 80% of the population speak an African language. That uh, just is crazy. That's why I'm passionate about the work I do at Maltino, because we develop um, phonically regular decodable readers for African languages um, to provide the correct reading practice for children. Um, so it's teacher training, it's materials, and the third thing is the curriculum itself, which was developed in English and then translated. So the methodologies and the approach used in the very document that teachers are supposed to follow is not authentic for the language that they're teaching in. So we're going to take a break now, and after the break, we're going to look at how you think we can remedy the situation. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to Jenny Katz, Research and Development Manager at the Maltino Institute for Language and Literacy. Jenny, we started off the show by talking about the fact that, um, one, uh, that actually the majority of our children by grade four cannot read, cannot read for uh, meaning and probably still don't know the alphabet. What are the solutions? <sighs> okay, so Maltino has a three-prong approach. We actually call it the triple cocktail. And one is the correct resource provision. The second part is teacher training, and the third part is teacher coaching. So we actually get literacy coaches to go into the classroom, monitor the teachers, make sure that they're using the materials correctly as well as the correct methodologies. Um, my work focuses a lot on the, that resource provision. What are the materials we're giving the children? Because besides the paucity of um, reading resources out there in African languages, what has been provided is in the vast majority of cases, publishers translate English materials. And as I touched on that before, that's not ideal. So the work I've been doing for the past 13 and a half years is trying to remedy that situation. So Vula Bula, which was our brainchild in 2010, actually attempts to develop a graded reading series that is authentic to each African language and that follows a phonics-based um, approach. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because it's astounding to me that our kids are failing in studies like the Pearls, um, not uh, not only in English, which is actually a very difficult language to learn to read. We call it, we say it has an opaque orthography because the you can learn your letter sounds, but it depends what word they're in. They're going to sound differently, you know, in so many different contexts and words as letters sit in, in, in words and sentences. But in African languages, they are absolutely phonically transparent. So once you learn your letter sounds and... You know, they, they, there's a limited list. Once you can decode, you can read anything. It's, I was actually thinking it's very similar to Hebrew in that way. Hebrew is also a phonically regular language. So why are our kids not reading? And I think it is because they're struggling to decode the materials that they have at the moment because uh, it's like giving kids in English a sentence to read like, um, I can see the hippopotamus and the elephant and the giraffe at the um, at the dam. They're going to struggle with those big words because they don't know the sounds. They don't have the experience yet of that whole, you know, the, the, the difficult phonics in those words. That's why we start children in English with the cat sat on the mat. That has not been done in African languages before the program we developed. So that's the thinking behind it, that in a language that has a transparent writing system, phonics is critical. So we're trying to mitigate through this. In fact, in 2019, the Eastern Cape put our Vula Bula readers into all the schools um, in grade one, two, and three, and an independent evaluation showed a significant improvement in literacy mm -hmm. levels. So 
we're, we're moving forward in providing what we believe are the correct resources. There also has to be a, a dedicated effort by government to actually make sure that the correct teachers are in the classroom and if they need training to provide that training. And then finally, I do work on many task teams, the South African Human Rights Commission, to ensure that government policies are reviewed. And that's currently um, happening now. I, I attended a meeting on Tuesday where everybody in the sector was agreeing that the uh, curriculum assessment policy statements, which are our current curriculum, need to be reviewed for exactly the reason I said before, that they're not developed or written with African language teaching in mind. So we, it's a whole mindset change. Jenny, you can, with new resources, books, willingness, start again. How do we help those that are already in grade four? First of all, providing them with the correct materials to read from, to build confidence, because confidence is everything. The minute you build confidence and interest, then fluency almost develops on its own. So, yeah, there are lots of things to mitigate, but I think if people, if volunteers can go to schools like that and just spend time with kids reading, that already is a massive help because the classes are too big. Teachers don't get to hear kids read, and practice is key to everything. And being read to, I imagine, at so many different levels is so important. Absolutely. So Craig is indicating we don't have time for much more, but I really enjoyed the chat. Thank you very much. And um, I'm hoping that things will get better and uh, yeah it's reassuring to know that there are experts like you that are guiding us so thank you very much thank you for having me Sharice that was Jenny Katz research and development manager at the Maltino Institute for Language and Literacy